Today on the show, we're talking about burnout. Burn out. Ooh, burn. If you want to create something interesting, you're up against burnout. If you want to create something important, you're up against burnout. If you want to create something you care about, burnout. This is what's coming for us, all of us, if we're not careful. So on the show today, we hear from a fizzler who is literally burnt out right now. Right now. And we talk about why burnout happens and how you can overcome it before it makes you give up. It's a great show. Welcome to episode 200 of The Fizzle Show. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show! Episode 200, it's the beginning of another era. Yeah, really good, really, really good stuff. This is The Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another honest conversation for people running and creating businesses that help them live life on their own terms. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, live life on your own terms, but suck it up, cowboy. Think about it. Is there literally anything you could want more than life on your own terms? And we know it's possible. We have done it. We're doing it. But we also know it's difficult. It's possible. It's amazing. And it's difficult. And that's why we do The Fizzle Show. Now, if you want to go deeper than just a podcast episode, if you want to pursue more in-depth guidance to create your business or make your existing business fun again, we've created something just for you. And it's not what you think. It's not a course. It's every course you need on all the things you need to know. And they're really enjoyable. And it's not what you think. You don't do it alone. You do it in community. It's, it's not uncomfortable. There's just a ton of us. And we motivate, encourage, and support each other from our computers in our underwear. I guess that's how it works because we're on the internet. Because what we know at Fizzle is that it is possible. It is amazing when you do it. And it's so difficult. It's going to require a great deal from you. So what we want to do is give you five weeks of Fizzle for free. Now, membership costs $35 a month when it clicks in. So this is literally the most affordable, amazing resource for becoming an entrepreneur because it will make you a better entrepreneur. But we want to give you five weeks for free because you're a Fizzle Show listener. So when you go to fizzle.co slash try five, you can get five weeks for free. Don't fizzle out. Don't burn out. Instead, Make steady progress towards life on your terms. Fizzle.co slash try five. Here's a quick note from our sponsor before we get started. I want to say thanks to FreshBooks for supporting the show today. FreshBooks is small business accounting software designed for small businesses, especially for all you freelancers out there. Okay, there's a lot of you who listen to this show. And FreshBooks helps millions of service-based business owners make everyday invoicing and accounting easy, fast, and secure. And you should know this, that FreshBooks has been redesigned from the ground up. It's all new. So if you looked at it before, you should probably look at it again. All right. Here's one thing it does. Amazing. Very easy to create professional looking invoices. These aren't just like, you know, sent off by some Google uh, template or something like that. They're professional looking. It takes you about 30 seconds to create and send an invoice and your clients can pay you online, which will only improve your chances of getting paid quickly. Am I right? Where are my guys at? So listen, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to all of the Fizzle Show listeners. So if you want to, if you want to try FreshBooks, okay, go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle. 
and enter the Fizzle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. It's going to get you 30-day unrestricted free trial to FreshBooks. Our thanks to FreshBooks for supporting independent entrepreneurship and the Fizzle Show. You guys, it's episode 200. Woo! What? Woo! It's episode 200 of The Fizzle Show. 200? How did that happen? We've done 199 shows before this one. That's, that's 199 shows more than I thought I would ever do uh, of a podcast. Of one I show. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was telling someone the other day uh, about the podcast. They're like, so like, what's the deal? He's a guy who's like not an entrepreneur. He's just uh, asking questions. And I was kind of like, you know what? Honestly, it's if someone listens to this show, if they listen to a year of, of any episodes of this show, what they've learned to do is, based, is kind of how to think like an entrepreneur. I don't know. It just I just feel like we're good at setting up the mindset of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and all the ways you could be successful and hate it and all the ways you could try to be successful and not get it because they, don't fool yourself. Like, are you kidding me? You tried to do it that way? No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's episode 200 and we're, it's Tuesday. We're releasing this on Tuesday. What, what the heck? So what we decided <laughs> was we normally did for the past, you know, uh, since literally the beginning of time, we have done a blog post on Tuesday uh, and a podcast episode on Friday, which means we're we're trying to make two things every week and uh, alongside of supporting our members inside of the Fizzle community where we're making courses, founder stories, uh, doing roadmap coaching calls, doing group coaching calls every Friday, doing all sorts of stuff in the forums every single week. We're trying to do all this stuff, and I'm kind of like, wait, wait, like, let's just make one public facing thing so we can spend more time on our members area to do that. And so that we, because like the members love our podcast and our blog posts as well. But maybe we can, we can just like put that effort and maybe get something a little even stronger out of it from us. So I'm hopeful. We don't know if it's going to last for a long time. Shoot, man. Next week, we might be right back to like, no, nah, let's go back to writing a post on Friday, on Thursday and a, and a blog post or in a podcast on Friday. But hopefully this works out. So we're on Tuesday now because, I don't know, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you're doing a business. And might as well have some time in your week, like from Tuesday morning on, to take something in and then apply it to, your, apply it to the rest of the week. You know? I mean, you're doing a business. Let's get into it. Doing a business. Know. Doing a business. Doing a business. So it's, uh, it's episode 200. I hope you liked episode 199. I had a lot of fun doing that. Didn't you guys? Loved it. Oh. That was the best. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> Me too. So, so, so I wanted to do something special for episode 200. I, I was just like, and I didn't know what I was like, I don't know. I don't know. What are we going to do? I'm not going to, I would have loved to have gone back and like made like a super cut of like all these great moments. Uh, 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 we probably would never have to podcast again. If you went through all 199 hours of the fizzle show and grabbed, you know, in each, in each episode, there's probably three solid, like, amazing like business points one you know made by different people and maybe two like laugh out loud like i can't believe that just happened on a business podcast moments i would love to just like have all of those that, that just throw into into episodes but i i'm not going to do that work i'm sorry i if, if you thanks listener thanks a lot if you're interested if, <laughs> tease. if you want to do that work like we will fully support that and air those episodes <laughs> you know um actually that would be like my dream but I just, honestly, I want to make a course instead. I'm going to make a course. I'm going to make a new podcast. I'm going to do some stuff. So I wanted to do something special, but I didn't know 
exactly what. And then this happened. A guy named Kevin Johns, who's been a fizzler for a long time, he has a business uh, coaching first-time novelists and helping people become writers, like like doing the writer thing, like writing their first novel. Um, that's what he does coaching-wise. He also has uh, a podcast about the self-same topic and in a course, like an, a course that you buy for money to go do the thing. Kevin Johns was like what you probably, what a lot of you listening to the show wanted to be. He was doing it. He is doing it. He is doing the like marketing, the picking a niche and choosing a topic, the defining your auto audience and then putting together like a sales funnel, the working the email list and like building that over time, creating the course, putting together a free ebook that you started paying for. And then you're like, yeah, actually this should just be free. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's done all of these things over the past, you know, three years of doing, of trying to build the thing. And the other, like, I can't remember when it was. It was, was not very long ago. Uh, let me if I actually have it right here. January 13th. Kevin keeps a progress log, which is where fizzlers can kind of keep track of the milestones. Every week they write, like, here's what I'm going to do. And then next week it's like, okay, here's what I got done. Here's what I'm going to do this week, et cetera. And he's been doing that. He's been keeping a progress log for like almost as long as anybody in the forums. Um, and he's diligent about it. And then on January 13th, he writes... I'm done. I don't have it in me anymore. I've been working seven days a week for years now, and it's gotten me almost nowhere. I give up. <laughs> that was it. That was the post. And we were all just like jaw dropped, like what? Yeah. Like Kevin's Mr. Optimism. Yeah, I was really right? surprised to read that. Mm -hmm, yeah. And so you, you know it was something, you know there was something going on, right? So I reached out to Kevin and 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 we had this conversation. Here, I'll, I'll air that now. All right, I am speaking with Kevin T. Johns, who is a writer, a course maker, a fiction writer, as well as a nonfiction writer, by the way. Someone who has worked somewhat tirelessly over the past, uh, I guess, three years and, and more, I went back and looked inside of the Fizzle forums. There is an area called progress logs where members can keep track of milestones and uh, pro productivity sort of hopes in their business. And I went back this morning and Kevin has been keeping a progress log for since 2014. It is now 2017. <laughs> and there are so many little hopes, milestones, projects, skirmishes in there to get this course created, to get more sales of that course, to bring a coaching program online where you have your own customers. It's been an amazing thing to read through because there's these, there's these moments where it's like, this is what I'm hoping will happen. And you keep having this refrain, by the way. I, I keep hoping that it just will grow organically. <laughs> And it never, <laughs> never does. It's all hard, you guys. It's all hard. But this is the work. And then you would do another webinar and, and you got another 20 people uh, into the webinar and one of them took you up uh, on the coaching offer. And these were like big numbers. And you got to a point even in your business where it was like, we're making real 
real dollars, not just Canadian dollars, USD dollars monthly recurring in our business. Uh, and then the most recent, the most recent, hold on, let me, let me, let me pull this up really quick. January 13, a few days ago, the latest update from Kevin T. Johns. I'm done. I don't have it in me anymore. I've been working seven days a week for years now, and it's gotten me almost nowhere. I give up. Kevin T. Johns, what are you experiencing right now? You know, I'm tired. I'm tired. You know, like I wrote there, I've been at this for a long time and I've seen some success, but, um, you know, I, I guess I've seen enough success that I can ask myself, is it worth it? You know, I'm not at that stage where I'm, I'm fighting my way through to, to, to see if I can even do this. You know, I've, I've, you know, made enough progress along the way to be able to say, okay, yeah, you know, I, I can do this, but, I've also been at this long enough now where I have to ask myself, are the trade-offs worth it? I love the way you just put that because it makes me want to ask, okay, so what do you know now about burnout that most people haven't learned yet? I think burnout is something I, I've struggled with throughout. You know, I, I've always been someone who pushes myself too hard, whether it's in fitness or whether it's in working on my business. I'm I'm an all-in person, and, and that can be a really valuable skill. You know, being high energy and all-in, but it can also lead to burnout, and it's it's something I've dealt with in the past, and it's usually manifested in the form of physical burnout, in the form of things like sinus infections. Uh, you know, I, I have just just this long history of working myself into sinus infections. Uh, but I started to notice a pattern and I noticed that generally December, January, February, every year is it, particularly bad for me and in, in how I feel. And so this year I was kind I thought I was prepared going into the winter, kind of prepared and um, not pushing myself, you know, kind of physically as hard. But I think what happened this time is that it, it was more of a mental burnout. And, and so I think that's, that's the latest lesson, I, I guess, that that people might not be aware of. It's that, you know, the physical burnout and the mental burnout um, can both get you. And obviously, they're both intertwined. But you you, you really got to monitor yourself on, on so many different levels. And, and when you're building a business and when you're working on something independently, you're, you know, I, I believe that you need to be emotionally engaged in it. I believe that you need to truly be passionate about it, but passion has a cost and, and passion, your passion levels are, are tied to your physical energy levels. And, and all of that uh, really has to be monitored and and can really just crash and burn for someone like me. Tell me more about this for you, in your experience the the difference between physical burnout and mental burnout. Well, I think the physical burnout is you're still ready to go. You're. I remember one time being on. Uh, antibiotics and lying there, you know, with my sinuses all infected and going, man, I really wish I could work right now. This is so frustrating that my body has given out on me. Whereas the mental burnout where I'm at right now is just, I, I don't have the burning desire. Mm. I, I'm not wishing I could get more work done. I'm wishing I, I could just 
focus on my kids and on my family. And in my, my mind is what has kind of given out on me this time. What are the stakes of burnout for you? Well, I mean, I have existing clients. So, you know, that's a whole other level of pressure that I'm not sure, you know, beginner entrepreneurs think about. I, I know at the start when I was so eager just to get clients and to prove myself, you know, that was really, you know, all my energy was focused on that. But the reality is once you have clients, you have people relying on you. Mm. And and so, uh, you know, there's so many times where I, I just want to go on Facebook and vent about politics or life or, or be a jackass, but I can't do that because I'm a leader and, you know, being a leader means setting an example and, and having people rely on you. So I, I would say the biggest thing at stake right now is the people who look to me as, as a leader and as someone to follow my, you know, I, I have, um, you know, a writing business, but I also have a, a coaching business where I coach authors and, you know, my brand has kind of been the high energy positivity guy. Mm. And I, I hope that people look to me for some energy and for some positivity when they're feeling down. And so, um, you know, my when when things get tough for me, it feels all the worse because I feel or I know there's there's people out there that I don't want to let down in that. I, I, you know, being an entrepreneur is tough. Being a writer is really tough. And, and I want to set an example for people uh, that even when it's tough, you can fight through. But um you know, I'm right now. I'm I'm not feeling like Superman, and I'm not feeling like a leader right now. I'm feeling like it's time to pack it in. So, so tell me then about like what burnout does to you with your family. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you've got another baby on the way, and I know family is a huge part of your life. And I remember being in university. You know, being a, a you know in my late teens in university, there was always some older person in the class. You know, coming back to finish up school or whatever, and they'd always talk about their kids. And I was like, God, man, why do these people always bring their kids into the discussion? But what you realize as a parent is that once you have kids. It's just it. They are your entire life. They seep into every single decision that you make, and so you know, the, being an entrepreneur with a full time job, the ch you know, every time I'm working on my business is a decision not to be spending time with my kids, and that is just crushing and heartbreaking. And at the same time, you know you want to set an example for your kids and you want the, your kids to know, hey, dad has a job that makes a difference or dad is passionate about something or, or dad is independently successful. And so, I, you know, I constantly have in my head, w even when things are going well, these, these swirling emotions of, of am I doing the right thing by pursuing, you know, a side business? I, I, am I being selfish? Or am I doing this for my kids? Is this the right thing for my family? Or is it the wrong thing? You know, and, and like we've talked about, my, my business is at a point where I'm bringing in a, a little bit of steady revenue each month. And, and so the question becomes, you know, what's the better choice for my family? Is it, is it better that I keep working and bring in that little bit of money to help pay, play, you know, pay for gymnastics class or whatever? Or is it better that we just... You know, we we tighten our buck our, our belts a little bit, and Daddy's actually around a little more. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, family is impacted on every level. You know, it's, it's impacted when I'm burnt out and feeling depressed or feeling physically ill, but it also impacts when things are going well and, and I'm not around because I'm working all weekend. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about this. Tell, tell me if you get a sense, if, see if you have an answer to this question. Okay. Cause it's kind of weird, but I just thought I'd, I'd want to ask it. What failed you? I th- I think naivety is so powerful. There there's something I would I never ever want to rob my writing clients of their naivete. I, I think it's really really powerful to not know how hard things are and to not know how long it's going to take and to not know uh, what your weaknesses are. Um, you know, it's it, it's really powerful to be naive and and I, you know I I think I was really riding that roller coaster for a long time or not the roller coaster the kind of. Um, you know, the power of of not really knowing what I was doing and, and thinking it was all going to happen overnight or whatever. Um, but like we've been talking about, I've, I've stuck with it long enough now that, um, you know, they talk about the S-curve. You know, you have your uninformed optimism and then you hit that informed pessimism. And then either you crash and burn or you find that that place of wisdom that is the informed optimism. But I just feel like I've been in the bottom of that S-curve for, for a while now, you know, and um, I, I just don't know when that that informed optimism is going to come. So I, I guess that's what's kind of failed me is that um, I, I don't have that over the rainbow. Things are going to be beautiful two days from now kind of passion that was pushing me through or, or not passion, just belief. Right. So I guess there you go. I guess that's a long way answer. Maybe just, you know, my my belief in myself, you know, can I work a full time job and be a great coach and be a great writer and be a great dad? And, and it's like nearly impossible to be all those things. I love that. I, I, uh, okay. So here's another, here's another question. What, what do you want instead of burnout? Like, what do you wish you had? I love working with my clients. I just love working. Like I'm, I'm at a point where I'm confident in my skills. I love doing it. And I'm just sick of the hustle of, of having to market and have having to, um, put together funnels and think about copywriting. You know what, what I want is just, I want a schedule full of clients so that I can just go and do great work that I love and improve their lives by providing my services to them and improve my life by feeling great about it. You know, I love the work. It's just the, the, uh, you know, trial and error of marketing that I I'm just, tired of you know and and especially in our our modern marketplace is it's just the techniques and it change you know i think that's one of the the things that was so smart about fizzle is that you guys you know you don't have a facebook marketing course and it makes sense because what you learn in facebook marketing this month is going to be useless six months from now um but it's just it, it's a little frustrating um constantly trying to figure out what is going to be that marketing technique that's finally going to bring in mm. clients. Yeah. Well, Kevin T. Johns, I am so honored uh, for you to share your story with all of us at Fizzle. You have written posts for the Sparkline. I love the way that you think about business, the way that you pursue your business. 
um, and and life in general. Uh, you to me are in some ways a a, a an archetypical uh, fizzler because what you want is the good stuff of life, and you want to be able to do it independently. And uh, you've been working diligently towards that. And uh, I hope that the rest of this episode I'm about to make uh, effectively addressing your story and the story of all of us who have experienced burnout will be a helpful thing for you as you uh, as you sort of rejigger, recalibrate, renegotiate with yourself about who you're going to be tomorrow, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's why I was happy to do this. Uh, you know, I, I had to take a moment to say, hey, you know, do I want to, you know, do an interview that's going to air and and air all my insecurities and woes? Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but um, you know, I think there's, there's a survivor bias in a lot of what we see out there. It, it's the people who are doing great and who are really killing it that are telling their stories. And for people who are struggling, it leaves you feeling lacking. And so uh, that's why I wanted to do this. So it was so that people who are maybe where I'm at feeling the same frustrations can know, you know, they're not alone and they don't have to feel ashamed and that they're not the only ones who, who don't have clients, you know, smashing down their door, begging to work with them. Uh, you know, it's, it's a struggle for me and, and hopefully some other people will be able to resonate with that as well. I love it. Thanks so much, Kevin. I, don't know. I just really like this guy a lot, you guys. And he's feeling the thing. He's feeling the thing that I think every entrepreneur is going to feel at some point, especially us indie entrepreneurs, right? I don't know. I mean, we're all like, we're all like, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Steph, what did you hear in that conversation with Kevin? Well, there was so much good stuff. And I mean, first of all, just props to Kevin for being so, you know, honest and vulnerable with his experience. Because I know that so many people listening can relate to ex exactly where Kevin is right now. And I'm sure people are going to be eager to hear. Maybe we'll have to follow up or something with what happens, because I'm sure people are going to be curious to know where he goes from here. I know I'm curious to see what he does. Um, I think there's a few different things. You know, the one thing that Kevin said that really resonated was this struggle that he's kind of having between Ken. He said something like, how can I be a great author, a great coach, and a great dad? Is that even possible? And that's just like so resonates with me. So you're doing the things. And also Kevin talks so much about how much he loved working with the clients. You could just hear his passion when he was like, I wish I didn't have to do anything else. If I could just work with all the clients, that would be fantastic. So on one hand, you have this tremendous passion for the actual work he's doing, but then this sort of like, looming cloud over him that's kind of like, is what I'm trying to do even a thing that's possible? And that can be crushing. It's kind of crushing to be like, you know, you're because if you're working, you can, at least for me, I can work myself crazy if I can see the goal and if I know it's attainable. But when you're not sure if what you're doing is even sane or possible, it could feel very uh, futile. It can feel sort of like, what's the point of this? And at, at that point, it's like, well, if I can only wear two of these hats, then I better give something up. And I think that's where he, that struggle is coming from for him. So I don't know. I really identified with this sort of uh, struggle that he's having of how can I possibly be all of these things at once? Yeah. And Corbett, what did, what did you hear in his, in, in Kevin's story? It was heavy, right? Just, uh, yeah. you can, yeah. you can hear in his voice. I mean, he's, he's, he's still upbeat like he always is, but, uh, you can just kind of hear how things have weighed on him. And, and I think he's right to feel that way because he's been working on this for several years and you're right to have those, those moments of doubt. I think that's healthy to wonder, 
am I just going to do this for the rest of my life and have nothing to show for it? Do I, am I going to be that guy that looks back and sees that I worked my ass off and, and really made no progress. So, um, yeah. I think the burnout sometimes is a way of alerting yourself that you may need to reevaluate a little bit and, and try something else. But the other side of this is, you know, this is to me, this is what we're up against as entrepreneurs. And for us leading fizzle, it's not that you're going to come up with some, you know, business idea and, uh, and it's going to go down in, in a blaze of glory. Like it's just going to blow up in your face or something more than likely you're going to work your ass off at it for several years. And there aren't going to be any like huge moments of, you know, turning points like you'd see in a movie or something. It's going to be more like, you're just going to have to wake up and, and decide every day that it's worth continuing. And then one day you might think maybe this isn't worth it anymore. And you'll probably have several of those moments along the way. I mean, this is building a business is really an emotional roller coaster, like probably nothing else you'll do except maybe raising a child, I guess. So, um, you know, I, I love when we get to hear success stories in fizzle, but we hear mm. just as much of this, to be honest. And this is, yeah. this is the challenge for us as a business. And this is the challenge that each person inside fizzle faces every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love this point about like, there's just, and this is the reality of there is so much survivor bias in the world of, I don't know, business entrepreneurship guru-ness. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I did this and then it worked. And more and more so now, because now it's getting so saturated in the way that, you know, blogging started to get saturated four or five years ago, maybe three years ago or something like that, where it's like, no, you can't talk like that anymore. You have to change. Like, there's a different reality that's happened now, you know? Um, and with, with sort of micro entrepreneurship or indie entrepreneurship or creative entrepreneurship or whatever entrepreneurship <laughs> you place yourself in, that's kind of happening across the board. You know, there's a lot of, we, we found this, this, uh, we, we find, uh, we found recently a couple, um, of these like kind of fizzle like businesses, which always gets on our radar and kind of makes me go like, I don't know. But this one we found was like recently, I was just like, this isn't even teaching business stuff. This mm-hmm. is just like entrepreneurship as a lifestyle. It's just like, it's enough to be trying, right? you know, it's yeah. enough just to be, it's like, like, this is fun. Cause I get to talk about it with my girlfriends, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, got it. And that's not what Kevin was in this for, you know? And you can hear that so much in his story. Like he's not in this to like be an entrepreneur, to like, just like talk about it at, at conferences. He wants to support his family. He wants to spend time with his family. He wants life on his terms. And that's what, that's what we want too. I think that's what everybody listening to this show wants. If there's, you might want to be a maker or a creative or a, freelancer or a a bunch of different kinds of businesses. But what you probably, what we all really want is we want life on our terms. And we're looking at business at at solo entrepreneurship or at doing our own thing as a way to make that happen. Right. And so I'm curious, I'm curious, you know, about you guys. I mean, Corbett, you in particular, you are the guy who is like the prototypical archetypical uh, I want life on my terms guy. And then I started a blog and then now I have a company. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, like you did the thing that, that a lot of us have wanted to do. So, but like, I'm curious, have you felt, have you burned out? Have you felt this thing that Kevin's feeling before? Yeah. 
before I was the, whatever you call it, proto archetypical <laughs> thing, thing. Primordial, primordial ooze yeah. entrepreneurship. <laughs> Every time I want to create a new entrepreneur, I just get a vial of blood from Corbett. Yeah. <laughs> and I spread it on this collection of fungi that I've been amassing. And in about six years, we got another, uh, we got another entrepreneur. Before that, before I figured out that, you know, there was a, there was a lifestyle reason to run a business. I just had an entrepreneurial itch I wanted to scratch. I just felt like I wanted to see if I had what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And I don't know where that came from, but uh, I jumped into it with both feet. And and a lot of people know my story. I started a venture-backed business in San Francisco, a quote-unquote startup. And uh, that didn't end so well. We worked our asses off. It was like sleeping under our desk kind of situation, working 70 hours mm -hmm. a week. And we did that for three years, me and a co-founder. And then we ended up building a team of 10 people or so. And uh, that burned me out like nothing else ever. Uh, there was a period just in the beginning when I was working so hard that I thought I had some kind of heart defect and had to go to the the emergency room. And, oh, and Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Zoom in a little bit on that. You really had like a scare? Yeah, absolutely. And it uh, turns out it was panic, anxiety, stress, lack of sleep, and uh, probably constant arguments with my co-founder. And uh, that all can make you feel pretty physically ill. So, yeah. you know, so, so all um, you did was you just toughed it up, right? Though you just like, you just got stronger and cause that's what you got to do. You just got to get stronger, right? N not exactly. I mean, yeah, partly because uh, at this point I was a year into living off my own savings and um, didn't have a whole lot to show for it yet. So you kind of mm -hmm. do have to tough it out or you have to go and get a job, right? You have one, you basically have two paths. And um, luckily I was able to tough it out and look after myself a little bit better. Although mm. really it was just kind of recognizing stress. It wasn't so much dealing with it. It was just recognizing it as stress mm. and not so much as um, physical problems. But uh, I don't know that, you know, those three years were probably very unhealthy for me in the long mm. run. And uh, maybe that's why you see me being so chill now because I recognize how important it is. And I'm just frankly trying to undo some of that damage that I did for those three, three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you, when you look at it, it sounds like the cause was like, what I honestly, the big red flag there for me is also like the, the relationship compound uh, or the relationship, whatever uh, uh, ingredient of mm -hmm. with this co-founder. Like you realize you were married to someone who was like, wait a minute. Oh my God. No, this can't be happening. And you were like, but you were married on paper, building a thing together. And you would have to be the one to leave or to take over or, but it was just like, I find that relationship stuff can be just such a cause of stress, but it seems like the cause was, was partly that. And partly just like, we've been living on savings for a while. So that's depleting. And then also we don't have anything to show for it really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we not, not much to show for it. Yeah. Watching your bank account, you know, deplete. And then the other piece is imagine shopping your business around your business idea around to 30 different venture capitalists, you know, going to all their fancy yeah. offices and, uh, just being rejected time after time after time that starts to take a toll on you as well. So there were a lot of things. And I, I think my experience is, you know, fairly typical for a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, unless, unless you happen to have a home run on your hands right away, most people, you know, struggle for a while before they get something off the mm. ground. And then, and then about, you know, 11 months into it, we, uh, signed a, a big venture capital deal. We raised 
several million dollars. And that gave us enough of a boost. And, you know, we were able to hire people so that we could keep yeah. going. I don't know if I would have been able to keep going as is um, with that level of stress without having that infusion of cash, which just made us, yeah. you know, all happy and, and excited for the future a little bit and kind of brought us all together for a while. And then, you know, a couple of mm. years after yeah. that, uh, things fell apart and, and I burned out again. Um, this time it was a little different because I was able to walk away from the business, but it took me an eight month sabbatical really to hit the reset button and, and recharge. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Kevin. What do you know about burnout that most people haven't learned yet? Well, I, so there are a couple of kinds of burnout and, you know, even within fizzle, I'd say I experienced some level of burnout couple of times a year. I think it's just sort mm -hmm. of natural. And e e mm -hmm. even if I wasn't working on a business, if I was just in a career, I would experience burnout probably as much or, or maybe more often than I do now. So I think mm. some level of burnout is natural. It's going to happen. You have to get good at recognizing it. You have to get good at understanding yourself, your mental and physical health. And sometimes mm. burnout is a signal that it's time to pack things in. Other times the burnout will just pass and you'll, you'll reinvigorate yourself and you'll be able to move on. Every person and situation is different and knowing yourself and recognizing the patterns is key to knowing which is which. I don't know that you can know for certain whether it's time to pack it in or tough it out, but knowing yourself will help you get closer to the right answer. Mm. Knowing yourself will get you closer to the answer. And then like what, if I was to ask you, like, what ha has burnout taught you anything? Um, it's taught me what I want from my business and what I don't want in a lot of ways. Mm. And, uh, and I think, you know, you can look at a lot of the decisions that we've made within fizzle and things that I've pushed for as a team. And you can probably tie a lot of correlation directly back to something that I experienced in either my career or, uh, other business ventures that I ran before. So I've just learned about myself and what matters to me and what I want out of my business. And I think that's one of the best things that burnout can teach you. If, you know, for example, if in Kevin's situation, he has to move on and do something else, I think he'll look back and realize that the burnout taught him something and, and that mm. it may have saved something for him, whether it be a relationship or, uh, you know, some, some ability to take on a future opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it makes me think of, I met this friend that was like, <laughs> I just met this guy at a conference and I was like, what is your deal? Like, you just seem happy. <laughs> and then he, he's like, do you really want to know? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he told me this story about how he grew up in Juarez, Mexico. And uh, it's Juarez is like one of the worst towns you could possibly ever live in. It's like the 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 scapegoat of of all the drug cartels. And uh, And he grew up there and he would have these, intense dreams about that he couldn't tell if they were real or not. Like he would have dreams that he couldn't tell if they were real or not. And like crazy things would happen in the dream, like bad stuff. People would come into the house and do bad things, right? To his mom, his sister, things like this. And so he grew up needing to, he would always have a thing in his pocket that, that would let him know like this is real life, not a dream. And then he would, different weeks, he would change which picture frames he uh, adjusted so that it was uh, so that he could look if he was in the dream. And if it wasn't adjusted, he could tell if it was a dream. <laughs> I was just like, what? And he's like, yeah, no, I've experienced trauma 
right now is not trauma. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that with with your uh, with like with like looking at okay, what I'm doing right now. Like I have felt so bad about my work in the past. I have been so depleted, so burnt out, so like staring into the the endless abyss of like like just prison of doing this work for so long and now I'm not doing it. So everything's pretty great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So when you're talking about the uh the the like a lot of the things that we have set up inside of Fizzle are directly related to what I've experienced and didn't want back then. I love that. And Steph, what about you? Have you personally experienced like burnout stuff before when you think about burnout or are you like, "Oh yeah," or are you like, eh, "I think so a little bit over here." Oh no, absolutely. I for sure have. Mm. <laughs> um, so I guess, I, I mean, my, I guess mine is more like the corporate burnout story, right? So a lot of people know that I come from sort of the tech startup world. I worked at Groupon for five years. I talk about that a lot. And I feel like I always talk about like the cool part where I was like 26 years old, like the director of a department. I actually don't talk very often about how I got started there. And that is the part where I really burnt out. Um, which is really interesting. So when I first started at Groupon, it was 2010. I was 22. Um, and Groupon was like the it thing here in Chicago. It was basically a dream job. It was really cool. They were signing like all the best restaurants. It was such a fantastic place to be. It was like mm. the it spot, right? So I got in early and um, I was assigned a territory. I was in sales and it was my job to handle the entire Miami area. So my job was to get businesses to work with us. So I would just mm. call people and be like, hey, we have this website. It's called Groupon. You can run on it and we'll like give you money. Does that sound fun? And, uh, you know, I got to run it like my own little business and I was really, really excited about it. But you guys, it was a total grind. Like, Oh my God. It was such a grind. I had to fill out like those little bubbles on my desk every time I made a phone call. And, uh, I had to, claw what does that mean? Bubble on so your desk? So I had this, what? like this, like printed out every day. I got a new one. Um, this like printed out bubble sheet. And every time I made a phone call, I marked it in and I had to like claw uh -huh. my way to 75 dials at least at like the, at minimum a day, every a day? day, every day, every Holy day. Holy and <laughs> oh my god yep, Steph. and listen to this <laughs> i have like some mentors of mine and people who are listening probably listening to this <laughs> and i don't really talk about this that often but uh yeah. our talk time was something that was measured so like how many minutes you were on the phone you could get in big trouble if it wasn't high enough and uh, sometimes uh -huh. it'd be really hard to get people on the phone i'm not proud of this uh this was something a lot of us did and actually i think people got fired for it later when the company like became a real company uh, sometimes I would call like a museum that I had on my list that had a really long voicemail system because it counted as talk time. Like I would, <laughs> oh my God. I would like go through the system just to like get my numbers up because I, I think the reality was I was so in over my head. I was so young. I didn't have the professional confidence to be good at this job beyond like surface level good. Um, I mean, we didn't really have a lot of training back then because this company, I mean, literally Forbes magazine, we were on the cover of Forbes magazine as being the fastest growing company in history. There was no time to be trained. And I, I mean, crazy, crazy stuff happened. I was sitting at home in my crappy apartment here in Chicago, my first apartment on a Saturday. And I got a call from a steakhouse that I had convinced to run with us. 
And there's this guy, like we sold too many of these deals. It was like getting out of control. And I remember this restaurant manager screaming at me. I was sitting on my bed and uh, I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't know anything about running a restaurant. And I was like, what am I doing to these people? Like what the, Uh what is, this is horrible. Like this is people's lives. So I totally burnt out from that job. But that was my first role that I had within the company. And I ended up, you know, making a change based on this. But um, that that felt really bad. Oh my God. (laughs) That's so horrible. That yeah. is like the the bubble and then like and like how many people anyways, how many people were were, you know, just trying to game the system oh my gosh. like that. Like, you totally. Know? It's like this is like corporations wonder like, why are we soul sucking lifeless entities? I, I think we do a pretty unique and, and and useful service in the world. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> look how you pay people and yeah. what you require of them. Absolutely. You know? Oh man. So for you, Steph. Okay, here's my question for you, Steph. Mm-hmm. What do you want for fizzlers about burnout? Like, what do you want them to know about burnout? What do you want them to understand or uh, have practices or, or, you know, security measures in place? What do you want them to, to what do you want for fizzlers about burnout? Well, first of all, I think it might be interesting to point out that I think this I'm realizing as I was preparing for this conversation, I kind of had this light bulb where I was like, maybe this is why I'm so interested and passionate in this new podcast that I have started Courage and Clarity, right? Because a big Mm, part of what we talk about is these types of like watershed moments, because I do think that really cool things can happen as a result of them. Um, But the big thing I think that I've noticed in myself and I've seen in other people and frankly, in, in Kevin's story when he came on as well is you know, for me in the story that I just told, I was really scared of being found out, right? I was really scared of people finding out that I didn't know what I was doing. My manager was one year older than me. (laughs) And I, you know, I probably should have been like, hey, can you sit on a phone call with me and like show me how to do this? But that was only for people who sucked, like only people who were on performance plans got that. And uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody to know how terrified I was. So for me, I think what I've learned about burnout is uh, it's, it's about vulnerability. I think it's about, I think when you're burning out, at least for me, it, and Corbett kind of hit on this too, I think it tends to have something to do with trying to do too much by yourself. I think, Mm. you know, Mm. it's, it's like trying to wear all the hats, whether it's the parent hat, the business hat, the day job hat, the, you know, perfect spouse hat. And, uh, it's trying to do it all alone without taking a a really strategic look and saying, listen, is there, is there like somebody I can get help with? Like, do I need a community that I can talk to about this? Do I need more childcare? Do I need, you know, a mentor? What do I need to pull myself out of it? Because I do find that with burnout, it has to do with trying to do everything perfect without necessarily admitting that, you need help. And I think everybody needs help. So as far as, you know, for fizzlers, your question was, what do I want them to know about it? First of all, I think knowing that everybody goes through this is really helpful. But then also I would just encourage people to stop and take a look and say, okay, can I like get something off of my plate, no matter what it is, even if it's small, Um, because I think that burnout does tend to come from feeling like you're just doing too much all by yourself. So getting just to get the practicality of of, I mean, I love how you just go straight to the practicality of, of one thing is you just have too much on your plate. Yeah. Like you go back to Kevin's thing of like, can I be this and this and this and that? Yeah. Is that even possible? Um, and I think, yeah, a lot of us, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think about your line that you just said about like, I was too, I was so terrified that someone would know that about me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That I was like, 
that I that I would like I wouldn't I didn't want anybody to know how how afraid I was of these calls. And that's one thing I love about our community and Fizzle and maybe the entrepreneurship uh, community in general is I feel like this is something that all of us are a little bit more open about sharing because in this experience I had being you know fresh out of college and having this sales job like I, I look back now and I know a lot of the people I started with and we can talk about it and be like that was horrible but at the time we weren't like sitting down and really talk like you had your maybe couple friends that you were like hey did, like I called the museum today I got five minutes of talk time but you like this was not something that you would just like broadcast like it was a sh- it was so there's sort of like this showboating of like no I'm doing fine like I signed this great deal I made this much money it wasn't re- really talked about you couldn't really share that that vulnerable side of things and and however in fizzle and 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 in this community that we have it amazes me maybe that's why I'm so drawn to it frankly that when people are people like Kevin are like I give up. I can't do this. And I think that there's so much, I mean, not to be, you know, they say like what admitting it is the first step, but in a way it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. There is something amazing about, uh, the online entrepreneur community. And I mean, obviously, especially fizzle where you don't have to do this alone, which makes me think of, of, uh, so here's what I brought to, to share. Um, I just think, I think, uh, one of the things I heard in in Kevin's story and that I know in my own story is that there's all these aughts, aughts, I call it like the 20 aughts shotgun, right? Because I don't know anything about guns, but I know there's like an aught, 20 aughts, 20 aughts six, something like that. But there's like 20 aughts that you know you're supposed to do it all the time. Like this one, like, you know you're supposed to wake up early. You know you're supposed to or ought to. You ought to wake up early. You ought to... Um, enjoy what you're doing for a living. You ought to, you know, in school it was you ought to get good grades. You ought to get into a good school. You ought to get a good job. You ought to kind of be interested in moving forward in the job and getting higher, 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 higher up. Hey, you could get this, you could get this. You ought to be interested in that. You ought to apply yourself, right? Then if we changed it to just our small business world, you ought to start an email list. You ought to be having that email list grow. You ought to uh, wake up early. You ought to apply yourself. You ought to, all the oughts, all the oughts. And I heard that in Kevin and him going like, I love working with my clients, but I hate all this marketing stuff. And I don't know. I find that this uh, ought to, ought to, ought to stuff in me is, is sort of like the air I breathe. You know, it just becomes the world that I live in and it takes me way off base. You know, Parker Palmer uh, is a writer that I really, really love. Uh, and he wrote, let me pull up the quote here. He pulled, he wrote this, this quote. He says, though usually regarded as the result of trying to give too much, burnout, in my experience, results from trying to give what I do not possess. Let me read that again. Though usually regarded as the result of trying to give too much, I'm trying to give too much. Burnout is, I try to give too much. He's saying in his experience, burnout is actually trying to give what I do not possess. I love this. He goes on elsewhere and says, burnout is like violating my own nature in the name of nobility. Violating my own nature in the name of nobility. It's like uh, oughts. It's like the oughts. They make us violate what is true about ourselves. 
what is real about ourselves. And then he's not done. He's not done. This is a whole other thing. I found a video of him because Parker Palmer is like one of my favorite. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's one of my favorite thinkers about work, spirituality, a lot of this stuff. Uh, let me find this here. He says, uh, in my own life, at least burnout was not trying to give too much. It was uh, trying to give things that I didn't really have to give. It involved what I came to think of as a high artificial ethic about what I ought to be doing in the world, all right, what I ought to be doing in the world, rather than an ethic that grew up from my natural giftedness and my place in the ecosystem of my own life where I could give what grew in me. Are you kidding me? I could give what grew in me. He keeps going. When you give what grows, then that crop replenishes itself. You don't end up in that depletion of having too little to live on psychologically, spiritually, etc. This is Parker Palmer. This is why Parker Palmer's amazing, by the way. So, so th this this quote to me is kind of everything about burnout. Something about the, the it's just this. It's like when uh, when what is it, where does he say is uh, rather than uh, living in the world, doing what I ought to be doing in the world, going to what grows in me naturally. Talking, it's like a it's like a crop. It's like a plant, and you can you know this happens in farms for real life, right? Plant, farmers plant crops that grow, um, and then there's a whole ecosystem of like, hey, wheat and soy are selling a ton right now, and the government's subsidizing them, and so you just grow those. Even though for you, maybe, I don't know what grows on the inside naturally for, for you or for me, but you get the metaphor. You get the metaphor that we're giving what doesn't grow and it's unsustainable, right? And I think, I don't know, hashtag give what grows, right? <laughs> hashtag give what grows. And, and this is your responsibility. This is not our responsibility at Fizzle. It's not uh, your mom's responsibility or your friend or your mastermind group's responsibility. It's your responsibility. And you can do this. If there's one thing that you can do, it's, it's understand and tend to what grows in you because all other sort of ways are going to lead to burnout, I think. I just think that's a huge invitation for all of us about burnout that, uh, that uh, you will continue. For all of us feeling burnt out or even if it's just a little bit right now, we can kind of tune our lenses to give what grows. You nailed it, buddy. I love that. Okay, guys. So that is episode 200 of The Fizzle Show. We did it on burnout because we just think, like Corbett said, like this is what we're up against as entrepreneurs. This is what's coming for you. It is like gunning for you because we live in a... Death, taxes, and burnout. <laughs> exactly. It's coming for you. If you want to do something creative, if you want to do something um, that gets popular, if you want to do something that you earn a living from independently, if you want to do something that you care about for a living, if you want to do something like that nobody told you to do, right? Basically, burnout is coming for you because you will put too much on your plate. You will push yourself too hard. You will... All of these things, unless you do, you, unless you listen to this episode, hopefully, <laughs> basically, that's what I hope. I hope unless you listen to this episode, right? And then you just like, re, like you acknowledge it, you name it, like, okay, burnout's coming for me. I have to be on the watch for that. And then when it comes, you're like, 
oh, this is the burnout thing. It feels a lot worse than I thought it was going to be, <laughs> you know? Uh, but this too shall pass. And and like Corbett said, his burnout shaped the company that he made, right? Steph, your burnout led you to pursuing a completely different career, right? And, and that's what burnout, I think burnout is like this, you know, it's it's like it's like these echoes from some the real ourselves somewhere in there going like, hey, just FYI, I don't feel very good about any of this. I'm getting kind of worried. <laughs> I like that. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I have been Steph Crowder. And we'll, and we'll see, see you there, there. Or we'll see you another, another time. time. Unless one of us burns out. So there you have it. Thank you so much, Kevin. Kevin T. Johns, for sharing your story with all of us Fizzle Show listeners. You're a real dynamite dude. Thanks, pal. Fizzleshow.co slash 200. This is episode 200, and that's where you're going to find the show notes and the conversation about this episode. And if you land there and there isn't a comment, leave us a comment. Just say, I like the show. You know, every once in a while people do that, I love it. I just love just getting a little bit of feedback. But more than that, at fizzleshow.co slash 200, there's an article that I've written uh, that you can come back to again and again and again and again to remind you about this burnout stuff, what makes it work, and how to overcome it, all right? And by the way, get on our email list there because if you need help figuring out what grows in you, right, the, the hashtag is give what grows, you need help figuring out what that is because like most of us i want to share the journaling webinar we just did with you okay it went awesome i'll do what i can to get a box there for you to sign up and get the journaling webinar if you're there and it's not there get on the email list because it's not out yet okay so just get on the email list download the guides and i'll be sending you the free journaling webinar that we just did because it was amazing showing what steph and i do to get into what is it that naturally grows in me every single day? Fizzleshow.co slash 200. If you're not familiar with the show, what we do every week on the show is read out an iTunes review because I love when people review our show on iTunes. Here's one from Ajafa in Australia who says, This podcast is like spurs to a horse. It really motivates a listener to giddy up with their idea, or at the very least, just keep listening. The combination of the super enthusiastic can-do attitudes and tempered, measured explanations by the podcasters really pulls an out-there listener back on track so the horse doesn't bolt altogether. <laughs> I love the, the real equestrian vibe, Ajafa, that we really rock in the equestrian action over here. Our goal here is to help you, listener, make progress on your business every single week. If you leave us an iTunes review, it can help other entrepreneurs to find this show. This is a little contribution that can go a long way. And if you do so, I'm just deeply gra grateful from my heart. We just passed 500 US reviews. We've got over 650 global reviews. I think it's higher than that, 680 or something. I can't remember. I want reviews from you because it shows me that you guys are listening to this show. Do you know how freaking bored it would be for me? How boring I would be? How boring I am? How bored I would be if, if you didn't listen to this show? So grateful for your time. Thank you. All right, guys, that's episode 200. Give what grows. Am I right? 
Isn't that amazing? Give what grows. Does that not just make you go like, oh, I got to figure out what grows. I'm hopeful for you. I really am. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>